Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, and today we are super excited. We have a special guest with us to talk leadership, to talk ministry, to talk business, organization, nonprofit, um, and I'm super excited for her to be here today. Her name is Christine Kane. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Yes. We're so glad you're here, and um, you're here with our church this weekend yeah. and get to share a little bit about leadership. And for those listening, I just want to share with you, you can go online to visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable, where you can pick up some notes and kind of an outline to work through what we've talked about throughout this time together. And again, we're always here to talk leadership and how leadership impacts churches and organizations. And um, you've dealt with a little bit of leadership in what you've done. I have. <laughs> Throughout my life, three decades, I think, between community youth centers and uh, church-based youth work and then a global anti-trafficking organization. Okay. My whole life's like leadership. Yes. So this thing, it's A21. So yes. tell us a little bit about what A21 is, and we'll talk about kind of your leadership lessons from A21. For sure. Well, it's a global anti-human trafficking organization. It's a our whole goal is to abolish slavery everywhere forever. So, you know, it's it's a lofty goal, but this just needs to happen in our lifetime. I mean, and it can um, if, if we all do our part. And so we help to reach the vulnerable um, and we help to rescue uh, victims and to restore survivors. So we are from investigation right through to aftercare. And it started in 2000, well, in 2007, I saw a poster. I was in Thessaloniki, Greece, waiting for my bags. I was going to speak at a conference saw a poster of all these missing women and children, and I didn't know what it was, and um, my friend that works for UNICEF told me that these are the alleged victims of human trafficking, to which I went, what do you mean human trafficking? This mm -hmm. is in 2007. I'm thinking, surely that doesn't exist. We've had the Emancipation Proclamation Act. We've had, right, the, you know, we've right, had all. Right. And she's like, no, it's the fastest growing crime worldwide, and there are more people trapped in slavery today than ever before in the history of humanity. I, I was flabbergasted. And so, you know, I knew, I didn't know what to do, but I knew I had to do something. Right. And that was kind of where it, it began. And um, it's now, we have uh, 19 offices in 16 countries around the wow. world and, you know, have seen just amazing things happen. So, you know, um, everything from Southeast Asia, Australia, up um, in Europe, Eastern Europe, South America. Here we've got three offices in the United States. Um, and two freedom centers here in the United States. So we're very, very committed to breaking down the systemic injustice, the structures mm -hmm. that allow trafficking to happen in the first time, in the first place. So we deal a lot with law enforcement and government and mm -hmm. schools, um, you know, with changing the legal system. So we're mm -hmm. dealing with it on a systemic level as well as um, working with law enforcement on the ground to see people rescued. Wow. Now tell me a little bit about how big the team is that pulls this off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there are, um, you know, literally there are several hundred people involved mm -hmm. um, and uh, staff in all those countries. And um, then we have uh, different agreements with different universities where we have a lot of um, um, people come through. So if they want to do social work uh, or legal or different law, mm -hmm. because we're involved in all of those different levels, we, we have incredibly high caliber, a mm -hmm. high caliber internship program that we um, bring people through in all of our countries around the world um, where that's possible. And so you're talking, um, you know, 200 staff, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, and then on top of that, interns and different volunteer wow. programs. Wow. So, so, so let me follow up. You've got it, over 200 interns. How do you bring people along? How do you recruit, find the right people 
to be a part of this vision God's given you. For sure. Well, you know, in some levels, um, you need people with special skills when you're dealing with Mm -hmm. um, the victims of trafficking, of course, people that have got medical skills, um, Mm -hmm. that are trained uh, in counselling, psychology, all of the things that one needs. Um, And then, of course, uh, in the legal department, you need people that have got law degrees. And, and, you know, but then that's one thing to have a piece of paper that says you can do a job. It is another thing to fit the culture of an organisation. And so um, it doesn't, it's nowhere near as easy as it sounds. And Mm -hmm. when you're talking also, you know, you're in nations like Cambodia, uh, Thailand, the Ukraine, um, Bulgaria. In some of those places, there is a gap of even suitable candidates to Mm -hmm. be able to fill those roles. Mm -hmm. And then um, you've got a whole lot of cross-cultural issues that you've got to Mm -hmm. uh, deal with. And, you know, during the pandemic, it's been so interesting because we have Zoom calls like everybody else. And, you know, you've got 19 offices, 16 different countries on a Zoom call. And um, it's hard enough to do this in person uh, when you when you're talking English is for some people third or fourth language mm-hmm. um, and you're trying to keep one vision one mission one culture um, one ethos through an organization across mm. the world and you're trying to do it on wow. zoom during a global pandemic uh, this has tested my leadership <laughs> to a level that you didn't even know ex- I didn't even know existed right the last little while um, but of course uh, you know I, as followers of Jesus it's the same Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. unites us. This is one thing that I've learned in the midst of all of in the midst of all of the diversity, and all of the the organisational challenges, the structural challenges, the natural cultural challenges. There is one Spirit, and He That's right. unites us all. And That's right. I've seen it. We we didn't, um, by the grace of God, we didn't lose anybody during the pandemic, which is a miracle in itself that the, yes. the mission went forward. And that uh, we weren't able to meet in person. Normally, my husband and I would travel to our different countries and, and do a lot of this one-on-one, right. which really is a lot easier when people don't speak English or you don't speak their mm-hmm. language. Um, but to keep, it just showed me, and it actually gave me a, a great renewed sense of confidence of just how deeply forged our cultural values right. are, that, as in um, our kingdom cultural values mm-hmm. that have transcended <laughs> all the other uh everything else um, during this time because we've had 18 months almost just about mm-hmm. we haven't been able to do it um, in person and yet every office is strong um, so the values can transcend culture but you've got to work hard okay you've got there is no there it's not easy um, it, recruiting interns uh, we have so many people that want to come and be part of the mm-hmm. internship program but again um, it, the number of people Applying is one thing, but who is a good fit for culture right. is another thing. And I think right. every organization, every church, every ministry, every mission, um, that's a constant struggle, an absolute constant struggle to be able to go, okay, um, is this a fit? Right. And we have a very lengthy process, both for onboarding um, and then, you know, we're very slow to hire um, and we're very quick to address things that are not a good fit because oh goodness for the sake of everybody else that's okay so now we're now now we're going to talk leadership okay and leadership uh, this is all leadership yeah. but um you ha- you said you have a, a stringent hiring process um when somebody when you find somebody who's not fitting the culture what are the steps you go through when somebody is straying or doesn't embody what are you doing in that moment, or how would you encourage people with the process you go through? For sure. We, well, and again, we've got um, a great process. Um, we've got a, a fantastic HR department, and have, and really give people an opportunity mm-hmm. to um, 
you know, to really go, okay, this is where the fit's not happening, to be very clear. Yeah. And to have some very clear action steps um, if, the, if the person is saying, look, I want to stay, I mm-hmm. want to change, but... Um, we are very clear right from the beginning that this is the culture. This is what you're buying into. (laughs) This is what you're becoming a part of. And if you then feel that you can no longer uh, be part of this culture, then there's got to be something else for you too. So let's help you. Fine, Mm -hmm. whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had somebody that didn't fit the culture, but you found yourself maybe placating, not making that decision soon enough? Oh, absolutely. Listen, I've been leading organizations for 30 years. That was a setup, wasn't it? My single greatest regret is, would be um, that, and I would phrase it in this way almost, I cared about people's purpose and destiny more than they did. So I would hang on way too long. And that would yeah. be, of, of all of the things in, in my 30-odd years, is, um, and every time I made an exception, every time, bar none, it has cost us. Wow. I've heard John Maxwell say that his his biggest challenge is that he thinks he can he can raise anyone's leadership level. Totally. And he sees it in everyone. I do. Yeah. And but if you care about their potential more than they do, it's mm-hmm. like and so um, I've realized and the bigger we've gotten, you know, yeah. um, it's probably been good in many ways that I, certainly I'm not over um, anything in terms of day-to-day controlling right. anything. And, and, and it's probably a lot better. I sleep better at night because if I could see this purpose in someone, right. oh, I'm going to give it all I've got because I'm like, God put that in you and let's, let's right. see that come to pass. Um, but the truth is I think now that we've got some really good systems in place, it will self-select and, mm-hmm. so, and it's fair. So, so I feel like, okay, I've provided every opportunity for you to make it now and it's there and there's yeah. a third party involved and it's not just uh, you know up to mm-hmm. me. Um, and therefore, if you want to, but I can't care more about it than you do. Go ahead and write that down <laughs> right now. Maybe you need to hit record, take a screenshot. Um, that's a good lesson for all of us. Um, talk about um, what it looks like for you to empower. Let's flip it, go to the other side, yeah. to empower the leaders who are ready to go what it looks like for you to be behind them, to push them, to guide them, to encourage them to move on. Well, definitely. You know, I've always um, done that in, in whatever we have done. And so to me, uh, empowering is what we exist for. And mm-hmm. so that means you see the gold and then you give people the tools and pathways and pipelines for that to come out. So it's not necessarily throwing someone into the deep end. They're always going to be in a little bit mm-hmm. deeper than, but they can quickly touch the ground. It's not, uh, mine's not so much about throwing you into the deep end. It's about equipping you. But there's also a process. And, you know, and of course, I've got a, another side. I've got a, 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 I, I care deeply about spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think character is extremely important. And so sometimes you've got to allow a longer process for someone to be developed because their character has got to be developed. Mm-hmm. Like David was anointed to be king of Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 16, but he was not appointed as king of both kingdoms until 2 Samuel chapter mm-hmm. 5. So there are 20 chapters and 20 years between anointing and appointing. Right. And we've got a generation that wants to be anointed today and placed in a position or a title, yeah. um, and yet they haven't had time for the character development. And so mm-hmm. that, that goes in every level um, of any organization, whether um, you know you're running a a five hundred one c three or you're running mm-hmm. a church mm-hmm. um, or a corporation, a, a character matters every time, yes. every time. And so, when we try to bypass the process, um, what you're doing then is you're 
basically saying that character doesn't matter and as long as you've mm -hmm. got a gift and we live in a generation right. where gift is rapidly exalted and if you can put a nice Instagram post on it and a good filter and a nice editing <laughs> button uh, we, we just like here it is right. and um, you know imagine if David put a hashtag took a selfie and uploaded it on Instagram going, oh, just got anointed by Samuel, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag anointed. future king of Israel. You know, it would be like 20 years. Like, it's like, mate, you've still got 20 years and of battles before you're actually going to be appointed into that position. Goodness. And so you've got to build that spiritual muscle. And even, you know, the Bible says in, in the book of Matthew that, when the serv when the master came, he gave the servants each according to their ability, and I think sometimes we forget this, um, not according to their gift, but according to their ability. So there was a five talent Christian, there was a two talent, and a and a one talent, each according to their ability. That's right. But that means you might come into my organization and you might be a one talent or a two talent or a five talent. That's your ability, um, and I need you. I'm going to give you, uh, you know, s s stewardship over a certain realm of the what the Lord's given to me. So he, you can um, take care of that, and I'm going to give you responsibility over that. But I want to see what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I want to see if you're going to make your five, ten, or eleven. Because uh, right. you have the capacity. When you come into my organization and you're five talent, oh, I know that you've got eleven in you. So I'm mm -hmm. speaking to the eleven. If you come as a two talent, I'm speaking to the four. If you come a one, I'm speaking to the two. But you. Your ability, no matter how gifted you think you are right now, your ability is still only five, two, and one. You've got the yeah. potential for an 11, but we've got an Instagram generation that wants to be operating oh, in an 11 gosh. because their potential's there, but they're only out of five. I've got to build you by giving you small um, increments of mm -hmm. responsibility. And as you're faithful in small, the scripture says, and despise not the day of small beginning in Zechariah 4, as you continue to be faithful in the small, you're going to be ruler over much. But if you're not faithful in that small, you won't be. And so my thing is, I'm doing you a disservice if just because I see the potential of 11, I give you the responsibility of an 11 when you still only have the ability of a five because you've got to build the muscle of leadership mm -hmm. to get to be an 11 because otherwise you're going to drop what I give you. So you've got to mm. grow to that. <laughs> okay, goodness. Okay, I just want to take that in for a second. <laughs> um, yes. yes, that's good because when, oh, I, th I think I've done that many times. Hand that off to the eleven. Hand the eleven off to the five, and wondered what happened. And then I get mad yeah. and frustrated at them when really I gave too much. That's it, and they've still oh, got to just grow through gosh. that process. And mm -hmm. so um, it is. It's. It's. I mean, it's always a tension, and especially when you're desperate and you need a job done. Yeah. But again, every time I've done that, it hasn't worked well. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the bottom line. And then wow. you spend a lot more time having to mop up a mess. Um, so, so that leads me to another question that's off the script is, um, what have you seen, um, uh, when we talk about an Instagram generation leading the younger generation versus leading a more mature generation or aged generation? What's, what's been the difference in leading and race? Cause the future of the world, the church is in that younger generation, but what different have you done to lead? An Instagram generation. Yeah, it's night and day. You know, I'm 55 this year, so I'm part of that other generation. And the way we were formed and the way we were led, um, it just wouldn't work today. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, it just would, would not work. In the, and you you can only minister to the times that you're in. There's no point yeah. trying to minister to yesterday. We're not in yesterday. Um, and there's no point trying to minister for 20 years from now. I'm not there yet. I'm here. The good news is that I do have a 15-year-old and a 19-year-old, <laughs> so that does keep you, although I'm 55, I had kids later, that keeps my husband and I um, extremely relevant because I'm hearing it from my kids all the time right. about what's important. So I've had to make 
I've had to make some massive adjustments, but but let me say this, Matt. Um, I still have to discern what is the Lord because just because I might yeah. adjust some methodology doesn't mean I'm still responsible before God um, right. for the people that the Lord has placed me over and for this formation and their development and um, all of those things matter and godly character really matters. And so just because uh, some things are different doesn't mean everything has to be different. Okay. But yes, will they do things differently? Yes. Mm-hmm. We have to have a lot of discernment. Um, you know, I, I say to them, you're the generation that's been discovered and is, do- is desperate to be discovered. My generation had to be developed. Like, you know, when we were uh, mm-hmm. young, Matt, um, you're probably too young for this, but when I was young, <laughs> you know, we never, of course, had phones. We didn't have the internet. And so if you wanted to take a... Uh, if you had a picture, like you had to have a real camera where you had to put old school film in that camera. I don't know if you <laughs> yes. know, even know what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, I do. About. You put film in, you take your pictures, then you you take that roll out, you put it in an envelope, you'd go down to Walgreens, and then you would pray and fast for two weeks because you didn't even know. Like until that envelope came back, you didn't know yes. if you took 24 photos of your foot. You didn't know what was going on. Okay, and that that camera roll <laughs> had to go through nine different trays in a dark room, so the door was shut. Right. And you'd put it through the trays and a chemical process would happen Mm -hmm. on that roll of film. And then eventually when the uh, negative was developed, then you could open the door and the light could come on it. And it was okay because Mm -hmm. we'd already developed the negative. So it wasn't going to be destroyed. But if you prematurely opened that door Mm -hmm. and put the light on it, you would have spoiled the whole film and the whole roll. Well, so my generation understood what it was to be developed. Like you were in the dark room. You yeah. were going through a chemical process. Right. <laughs> you were being developed. Right. Um, whereas nowadays, you just take a instant snap and upload, and you're hoping to be discovered. Uh-huh. And um, that 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 has a lot of down effects because we learned what it was in the dark room to be marked by God. This generation's learning what it is to be marketed by man. And so when you're marketed by man, but you're not marked by God, you're right. not going to end up anywhere in the long run. So I've got to try to <laughs> help a generation that's into marketing to say, okay, let's use the tools of modern technology that we've always used the tools. The gospel has always gone forward on right. the new communication methods. I'm all about it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been in the dark room. I've been, mm-hmm. you know, we're so busy, this generation cultivating a public profile that we're not, uh, you know, we're curating our public profiles that we're not cultivating private intimacy with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So if you're not cultivating private intimacy, you're not being marked. And if you're just curating a public profile, there'll be a disparity between your inner world and your outer world. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, if there's a disparity between your internal world and your external that's world, right. your world will collapse. Right. So we're seeing leaders fall left, right, and center mm-hmm. because that's where this takes you. you God's not after shooting stars. Man, if I could just... But I've got to somehow take this incredibly gifted, talented, innovative, creative generation and help them to soar, but also help them to understand that the goal is ultimate Christ-likeness. And the goal is the only thing that will sustain you for the long term is to build a godly character into Mm -hmm. your heart. And that godly character is rarely done on a platform in public. It's done in anonymity and obscurity. And so if we could take the best of, like, don't try to quench zeal. Like, make the main thing the main thing. You know, how they dress, what their hair's like, what that, that's yeah. so incidental. But heart, you can't buy heart. Right. And um, so my thing is that if they're developing heart and having a place for their 
gifts and talents to be exercised and they feel heard and they feel valued. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important, but that still doesn't mean you get control of the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm running A21, right. not you. So you might have 4,000 different better ideas than me, but somehow God must have done something right with me because we're right. here today. So part of the younger generation's that's responsibility good. is to understand that um, we didn't get here because we're totally stupid. You know, we, we love to hear God, and there are certain things that we did. And um, so there's, you know, but the enemies always tried to uh, separate the generations. But yeah. if we could take the wisdom of the Abraham generation, the, the you know, resources of Isaac, and the zeal of Jacob, that's good. we can checkmate the devil. That's so good. we've got to work together. Ooh, that's good. Hey, leaders, we have to work together. Um, that's so good. Um Wow. When you're chewing on this, just work through your team of those different levels of generations. Can I just jump in on that? Yes. Because that was important. You know, I, just as you were talking then, it's so true about the generations. And it's I, I'm thinking of this as a 55-year-old leader. But, you know, the Bible says of Absalom, um, because Absalom had no in, in 1st or 2nd Samuel 18, 18, it is, because, my, because Absalom had no sons to bear his name in remembrance, he built a monument to himself. So the deal is if you don't have spiritual sons and daughters uh, to to carry the legacy because we're created to do that, you will end up building dead white elephant monuments to oh. yourself. Mm-hmm. Saul did it, built a monument to himself. And um, Absalom did it, he built a monument to himself. And, of course, you know, in um, when they tried to build the ta- ta- Tower of Babel, come, let us uh, build a name for ourselves. Now, in the generation of selfies, of everything is my name, my, you know, us, my staff will tell you every three months I have an existential crisis, shut everything down because it's like everything is built on your name, your brand, your the, and I'm like, how did that work out for anyone in the Bible? Not good. And so you've got to be very conscious of what (laughs) the culture is saying, what God wants, and what's ultimately going to reflect the glory of God. That's an internal heart thing more than anything. But if you don't have sons and daughters to bear, because Absalom had no sons to bear, his name in remembrance, he built a monument to himself. We're seeing mm. a lot of dead monuments built to people because they don't haven't mm. learned how to pass it on generationally. Woo! Leader, wherever you're at, how does the organization, how does the church go when you're not there? If you take a break for a month, does everything keep going or is it all built on you? Yeah. And Oh, gosh, we can go down that road. That's why I love, uh, I'm just brag on our church. Uh, we take a season at our church where we have different people come in, and one of the ways we evaluate um, how well our church is doing is how well everything goes when our lead pastor or when other leaders aren't here. Yeah. So we get a chance to take a step back and see, has, has this just become about one person? Mm-hmm. And we're very intentional with that at our church, and we love to see how we learn and how we get to build a team here. So, so just uh, what an amazing talk on what you've walked through in your life with your organization and and uh, how you've developed culture and worked through generations and even the hard conversations. Uh, anybody who's listening, just know right now, you've got, you've got a CEO listening, you've got a pastor listening, you've got a leader in the church listening. Any, any last thing you would want to share to encourage them as they take their next leadership job? For sure. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is in the day in which we live, uh, leadership is very challenging. Certainly it's the most challenging I've ever experienced um, in my life because there are so many external forces um, that are shifting so, so dramatically. I've never seen uh, leaders walk away at the rate that Mm -hmm. I'm seeing all over the world. Um, Just the, the pressure, the external pressure, and because... Um, of the internet and because of social media 
um, and cancel culture. It is so challenging yes. being a leader. So first, hats off to leaders um, for, for staying in the game, um, for continuing to be faithful to God because it's it's not an easy time to be leading at all mm-hmm. at this time. Um, and I, I would really want to encourage leaders to look after you. Um, get whatever help, you know, if you need a counsellor to be talking things through. This would be the time to be doing that. I'm constantly, I'm so glad you're watching this podcast and you're part of this podcast. Um, I have never listened to so many, so really good quality leadership podcasts and been learning from other leaders because we need each other at this time. That's right. um, this, the, we're living in incredibly divisive and chaotic times. There's no doubt, you, you can't win. Uh, almost like we, all of us as leaders wake up every morning thinking, how many people am I gonna disappoint today? because it just it's just mm. the way that things change. So that kind of internal pressure, that kind of internal anxiety and stress, uh, if you don't take that to a place um, where you can get help, it, that's where destructive habits happen, addictions happen, perhaps patterns of behavior that you never thought you'd go down that path um, because we're all under so much mm. stress. So I would say find some really good friends, good. be really accountable. If you're a Christian, pastor, leader, get into a good group. We need one another and don't be scared to ask for help. It's so important to understand the times um, and a right decision today can become a wrong decision tomorrow. Mm. A right comment today publicly can be a wrong comment tomorrow. We're all facing this um, and it is really, really difficult. Wow. And so I would say exercise a lot of wisdom, but the scripture says guard our hearts with all diligence mm. for out of it flow all of the issues of life. Right. So I would say tend to your heart, mm. guard your heart, take some time for you, breathe, do some self-care, have some good Christian friends around you, solid, really good leaders, um, and don't be scared to ask for help. Wow, leaders. There it is. We can have all the tools in the world, um, but we've got to um, take care of ourselves and tend the garden of our soul and our hearts, really. And I want to challenge you as we we log off for today, um, just challenge you on really what God's speaking to you today and how um, you can't do this alone. None of us can. We need each other. So I want to. I want to right now challenge you. Who Who are you going to listen to and talk with what you've learned about today? Who are you going to talk about with about this and share what you've learned and, and work through this leadership lesson with somebody else? And and maybe you need to be around another group of people. Um, I always hear people say leadership's lonely. It's lonely at the top, and that's it's it is. You will not make it on your own. So I want to encourage you get around some people at your church, at your business, wherever it might be, that can help and walk through life with you. I, I, you know, sometimes we get moving around life, and we're, it's like we're limping, and we think nobody can see the limp. Um, and, and everybody can see the limp. And a lot of times the first step in getting the healing and, and getting the energy you need is just acknowledging it and getting around some people. So thank you for tuning in today and listening and talking through this with us. And I want to encourage you to go out and share this with your team or sit around and listen or watch this with those that are close to you. And um, we're just grateful. Amen. Go to our webpage, visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. We'll have an outline where you can walk through and take notes on this and really want to give it up. Big ups to Christine Kane for joining us today. Thanks, man. It's my honor. I've loved it. (laughs) We are so glad. And we look forward to learning and leading and making an impact in the world. So leaders, be encouraged. Uh, And we will see you next time. Again, thank you for listening and watching with us today. God bless you.